Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy for me to be here with you as we share this hour together, and the Lord blesses this hour, I pray, each time we meet on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week at this hour, 4 o'clock, when I come to you live, and then we repeat the program on those same days at 10 o'clock at night. If you are listening on one of our domestic church media Catholic radio stations here in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, of course, uh, coming to you live right now, but also streaming live uh, on our website at domesticchurchmedia.org. You can click on the listen now, or we're actually coming to you live uh, video, streaming live video on our homepage as well. Uh, Streaming live video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. And so we come to you in all those uh, uh, platforms, as well as if you have the Amazon Alexa device or the Google Home device, all you have to do is enable that skill and then say, play Domestic Church Media, and we'll stream right through. I tell you, I got that uh, a few months ago. I I bought, it was 49 bucks. (laughs) I got the Amazon Auto as an automobile, it's uh, about the size of a credit card, not that thin, but that, you know, that, that rectangular shape. And you uh, plug it into your USB port there in your car, and uh, it goes through the data on your phone, and it you can listen to anything you want. <laughs> and you can drive in your car day or night, and you could be uh, on the other end of the earth <laughs> and say, play domestic church media. And we'll come in like an FM station. I tell you, technology is changing so rapidly, and it's changing the face of radio in so many ways. Uh, and I've been, and I, thanks be to God, I have a wonderful board of directors who understands this, as I share with them, have been sharing with them for the past few years, that we need to stay on the cutting edge of technology to make sure we're, we're anywhere we can be, possibly be, and should be, to reach as many people as possible with the joy of the gospel message because that's why we exist. So um, as I said, I, 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 that little Amazon Echo, uh, I'm sorry, our Amazon Auto device, 49, we pay 49 bucks, so that's, that's it. There's no monthly fee or anything. It just goes through the data on your phone, and it really doesn't use that much data at all because uh, Cheryl has one in her car too now. So and, and we're looking at our data plans, and it doesn't seem to be using a lot of data. So you just don't know where these things are going. But our, our, our purpose and the reason that we des- exist here at Domestic Church Media is to do just that, to evangelize through uh, any means we can with these radio broadcasts. So I'm happy you're here, my friends. Today, of course, Thursday already. It is Catechism Day. I want to go back uh, a little later on, back to the Catechism where we left off last week on the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church uh, section of the Catechism. Uh, again, stressing unity, and as I shared with you yesterday, you know, in prayer and, and, and being confirmed by my spiritual director on Monday, 
that our theme for our Radiothon this year, which will be April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, is we are one body. I want to just bring us all together as the family of God, as the body of Christ, and just rejoice in, in the, the beauty of our faith coming together, proclaiming the gospel as we do here every day, and as you allow us, because it's only by your prayers and support that we can do what we do. So we'll go back to the catechism on that section. Also, Holy Father, today uh, at his morning homily reflected on uh, today's gospel reading from Mark, uh, God will judge us with the same measure we have for others. So uh, we'll pray today's gospel and then hear what Holy Father had to say about uh, that today at his morning mass. Before we do anything else, though, as always, my friends, I invite you to pray with me. You know, yesterday I was—I couldn't remember what I had prayed the day before, but I remember today. Uh, each morning when I'm eating breakfast or just before I eat breakfast, I have in front of me a few prayers, and they're just prayers for my family. I, I like, and it's a beautiful prayer, and I, I forget where I got it from. But it's, a, it's a father's prayer for the protection of his family, and I, I pray that first thing in the morning um, for my family. To, to protect them from all danger, all harm, all, especially spiritual harm. Um, and then I pray this prayer, and I, again, I don't even know where I got this one from, a prayer praying to our children's guardian angels. And as part of that, my little prayer time before I have my eggs and oatmeal. Um, and then I also pray this prayer that is prayed as part of night prayer Um on night prayer one um, uh, for solemnities. And it's a prayer just to protect, uh, it's it's a personal prayer that we pray to protect our home, but I I extend it and ask the Lord to protect the homes of my family. It's all family prayer. That's that's basically what we do. But let's let's pray these prayers, um, these two prayers, the, the prayers to our children's guardian angels, and then the prayer to protect the homes of our family members. So as we pray these prayers, my friends, bring to mind, of course, your family, uh, whether it be, be your children, grandchildren, your cousins, your siblings, your parents, whoever, your family. and uh, But this first prayer is to pray for, and pray to rather, the guardian angels of our children. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I humbly salute you, O faithful heavenly friends of my children. I give you heartfelt thanks for all the love and goodness you show them. At some future day I shall, with thanks more worthy than I can give now, repay your care for them, and before the whole heavenly court acknowledge their indebtedness to your guidance and protection. Continue to watch over them, provide for all their needs of body and soul. Pray likewise for me and my spouse and my whole family, that we may all one day rejoice in your blessed company. Now, friends, let's pray this prayer. I'll pray just pray it along in your heart. We're praying for uh, the homes, uh, our own home, and the homes of our uh, loved ones. Lord, we beg you to visit this house and the houses and homes of our family and banish from them all the deadly power of the enemy. May your holy angels dwell there and here to keep us in peace, and may your blessing be upon us always, and we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now, my friends, let's pray to St. Michael and also to our Blessed Mother, the ancient Subtum Presidium prayer that Holy Father asked us to pray every single day. He asked Catholics to pray these prayers every day to protect the Church 
from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul the Great, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And I, I don't know if you were with me yesterday, but uh, I did share with you that uh, Holy Father Pope Francis has written a book uh, reflecting on the life of John Paul II, and he titled the book, it's coming out, because this is the 100th year, Mark, this, this year marks the 100th anniversary of the birth of Karol Votiva, who became Pope John Paul II. And Holy Father Pope Francis has written a book of reflections on the life of John Paul. And he just titled the book, John St. John Paul the Great. St. John Paul, either St. John Paul II the Great or St. John Paul the Great, but he, he, he threw in the Great, <laughs> which I know a lot of people have been uh, tacking on to, to, the Holy, to, to the saint's name, but now I think it's official with uh, Pope Francis uh, calling the book by that name. Uh, maybe declaring at this, I don't know, but the official, if there has to be an official declaration to uh, put that um, on the name of the saint uh, coming from the, the Holy See or not. But anyway, John, uh, Pope Francis is doing that with his new book. So uh, we can pray that now, I suppose. Uh, okay, we're going to go to, uh, I'll pray, uh, read today's gospel in just a moment, and then we'll go to the Holy Father's homily from this morning on that same gospel, obviously. But before we do that, um, just to let you know, again, I mentioned this to you yesterday, a couple things. First of all, this coming Monday already is First Monday. I don't know how that happens, but uh, it is uh, First Monday, February February 3rd. Uh, and so that means Bruce DeBacco will be here live at 3 o'clock and open up the prayer tent and invite you to call in, come to the throne with your prayer intentions, your prayer requests. And I invite you, my brothers and sisters, uh, to uh, get those prayer requests to us uh, you can email them. We have a special email set up just for prayer. You email your prayer request to pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, you can also text your prayer request to 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. You can text your prayer request there, and I'll have it here for Bruce. Uh, but I know he loves having you call in and actually converse with you uh, over the air. You don't have to give your name if you don't want to. Uh, but I know he loves doing that. But that's this coming Monday, February 3rd, first Monday, uh, from 3 to 4 o'clock live here on these domestic church media stations and all the other platforms that we use to broadcast because it's a live program. So that's the first thing. Second thing is um, I mentioned to you yesterday, again, we're so grateful, so thankful that a, a wonderful couple, uh, members of our uh, Domestic Church Media Board of Directors, again this year, have made a very a generous gift to the apostolate, earmarked specifically for a brand new control board here in our main studio. If you're watching, you can see the, the control board in front of me. Um, this control board is about 35 years old, 
and the manufacturer has gone out of business, so they don't even make parts for it anymore. So if you if something goes wrong, you know, obviously we don't have a control board. And this is I, I like to I like to um, liken this to if you can just picture a, a plane, a jet. <laughs> Our transmitter are like is like the engines that keeps it, you know, getting out there. But the control board is how we do everything else on the plane. How we how we fly it. So if we don't have a control board, we can't fly this station. So anyway. Uh, this very generous couple, um, members of the, the uh, Domestic Church Media Board of Directors, uh, early this month uh, contacted me and earmarked a very generous donation to purchase and install a brand new uh, state-of-the-art control panel, control board. And so that's going to be done in the middle of February. What that means, though, it's going to take a while because this has to come out. This new one has to come in. It's all... Um, as I said, state of the art. So uh, there'll be a couple of weeks in February, between February tenth uh, and twenty-first, that um, we will not have any live programming because we won't have a control board. You'll hear all your regular programs. I mean, everything's gonna, nothing's really going to change. Just no live programs. So that means I'll have to put a, some repeats on in my time slot, and the Friday live program will do some repeats or interviews and things that we have pre-recorded. That'll be the only thing that you feel, notice the difference. So though, just bear with me if there are, you know, uh, some repeats being broadcast because uh, we're, we're installing this new control board, and it's going to be a magnificent um, addition to what we do here, all the bells and whistles, all kinds of great stuff, and uh, just keep us again on that cutting edge of where we need to be in order to do what we do here. And then finally, I mentioned a little uh, yesterday, I guess, earlier this week, um, that we are planning now our Radiothon 2020, and our Radiothon is our major fundraiser of the year. It's how we raise the majority of funds that we need uh, for the year. I'd love to be able to say we can raise the entire year's worth, uh, which is about three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, but we we raise about forty to forty three, forty four percent of that uh, over the past few years each year. I'd like to do better than that this year if we can, God willing. Anyway, the Radiothon is April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before Holy Week, and uh, it'll be the same format. Uh, our good friend Bruce DeBacco will co-host with me, and Cheryl will join us as well. And we have a lot of surprises, a lot, a lot of excitement. It's always a very exciting time, especially as we get close to the end of the, the three days and trying to meet some goals that we set. Uh, so I'm just asking you please to pray about that. Uh, you'll have the opportunity to help us and support us. Uh, we'll have our many levels of giving and, and just exciting ways to support this apostolate. And, but what I do throw out now, and, and we I mentioned this to you yesterday, and we do make some phone calls to some good people who have been very generous to us in the past. One great incentive for people to donate during the Radiothon are these matching gifts. And if you are in the position and would like to participate in that, in other words, we're looking for people who can pledge, and you don't have to give us the uh, the donation now you could you could do it uh, in the you know over the course of, of a 12 month period beginning in April and or you know but what the point is that you um, designate a a pledge let's say okay I'm going to pledge $1000 as a matching gift which means that we have to raise $1000 to match your gift before you give it to us if we can raise the $1000 then you give us your $1000 and it be, you know, we have two thousand dollars. See how that works, and it, it, it kind of multi- like the loaves and the fishes. We can multiply. So, if you are interested in having 
you know, I, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking to myself, this is kind of like what the Lord said when, when the apostles said, there's 5,000 people here, Jesus, and they have nothing to eat. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Right? And then he said, how many loaves and fish do you have? And they, and they gave him what they had, and then he multiplied it. And that's kind of what this is like. So if you can uh, pledge and commit to a gift of, of $500 or more uh, for the Radiothon as a matching gift, I'd love to hear from you. You can call me here at the radio station. You can email me. My my email address is jim at domesticchurchmedia.org, and uh, we'll get in touch with you. And again, it, it, it's a great incentive. We've found over the past few years that has been an, an enormous incentive for people to give. We have those matching gifts on the table. It really, really uh, inspires people to to give. And um, we do this once a year. I I I. I Always stress, and every time the, the, the topic comes up in discussions here at the Apostle, I say, I really only want to have one radiothon a year. You know, I don't want to be like PBS where every week, week you turn on, the, the, you know, your local PBS station and they're asking for money again. They say, didn't they just do this? <laughs> we do it once a year, and we hope to raise, again, make this year the best year ever. Last year, I think we raised about 165000 perhaps in those three days. I'd like to beat that, and we're hoping we're going to set some goals. But just, first of all, let's pray about that. That's all I ask you, just pray. How can you help? Maybe you can start putting some coins in a jar now, you know, with extra change. And by the, by the time, you know, April 1st rolls around in two months, uh, you'll have 15, 20, 25 bucks there you can donate, or whatever you can afford. But right now also, for those of you who are in the position who can uh, pledge a matching gift of $500 or more, uh, please let us know. Let me know. You can call here right now. There's no one to answer the phone, but you can leave a message uh, if you want to do that. 609-882-9357. That's 609-882-9357. You'll get the voicemail. Just leave a message with your name and number. We'll get back to you. Or you can email me, jim at domesticchurchmedia.org. Jim at domesticchurchmedia.org. Or you can text me as well. I'll, I can get your texts too. Just text your name and number, and, and uh, we can get back to you. Just text to 609-493-8255, 609-493-8255. Uh, just pray about that, and that's something that really would help us a lot. Okay, let's go to today's gospel, because Holy Father gave a beautiful teaching on it. Um, this is from the Gospel of Mark. I'm going right to the Domestic Church Media app where we have the daily Mass readings. Boom, 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 right in front of me. Jesus said to his disciples, is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. But the one who has not, even what he has, will be taken away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's today's Gospel. And today, Holy Father, at his morning Mass, urged us to relate to others in a truly Christian way, which is generous and full of love. And the Holy Father explains that we will be judged with the same measure. We're going to take our Lord at his word, right? We'll be judged with the same measure 
with which we measure others. Highlighting the passage that says, the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, Pope Francis said that at some point of our lives, and especially at the end of our existence, we are all called to account for how we have lived our life. And we got to really think about that. You know, my friends, we really have to stop and think about that every day. I always say, you know, my goodness, I, I, I'm, I'm in my middle 60s now, and, and uh, I have much more of my life behind me than I have in front of me. And every single one of us is going to have to give an account for how we lived our life. Holy Francis said the, these words let us uh, exactly tell us exactly what that moment will be like. This is how we, we will be judged. He noted that while in chapter 25 of Matthew's gospel, the evangelist tells us what we have to do, today's passage from Mark indicates the style with which we have to live. Pope Francis said, by what measure do I measure others? By what measure do I measure myself? Is it a generous message, Pope Francis asked, full of God's love? Or is it a low-level measure? He said, underscoring the need to take stock not only out of the bad or the good things we do, but of our daily lifestyle. Each one of us, Pope Francis said, has a style, a way of measuring himself, things, and others, and it will be the same measure the Lord will use with us. Those who judge others with selfishness will be judged in the same way. Those who have no pity and in order to climb in life are capable of trampling on everyone's head will be judged without pity, Pope Francis said. But Christians have a different model, the Holy Father said, and, and Christians must ask themselves whether our parameters are those that Jesus asks of us. The Holy Father said, a Christian who lacks the capacity to be humble is not a true Christian. And he recalled that Jesus humbled himself unto death, even death on the cross. He was God, but he didn't cling to to that, he humbled himself. This is the model the Holy Father teaches. He went on to consider the example of a lifestyle he defined as worldly and thus incapable of following Jesus' model. He mentioned how sometimes bishops complain to him when they find it difficult to transfer priests to parishes that are considered of a lower category because they think they are being punished and said that they use a worldly measure to evaluate and judge rather than a Christian one. Um, I guess that's a human reaction, isn't it? You think about that. And, and God bless our priests uh, who, you know, some priests are blessed enough to be in a parish that is very affluent and in a very safe and... and uh, nice area. Other priests are asked to go to parishes that are in areas that are not so safe, not so affluent. And Holy Father said here that, you know, he bishops will, will tell him when they meet with him, 
sometimes that they find it difficult to transfer priests that uh, to, to parishes that are considered those lower category parishes. But we have to remember that we have to use Jesus as our model. Where did Jesus go? I mean, Jesus, the, you know, the reflections we play, the rather the rosary we play in the morning here with Father Groeschel and his reflections in his reflection on, I believe it was the nativity of our Lord, on the, the uh, mystery. He says Jesus was born poor, born very poor. And he came into this world in a way that nobody really expected. They expected the Messiah to come, you know, with an army. And here he was born in this little humble stable in poverty. Uh, and, you know, the manger was not a pleasant place to be, the stable. But he chose to do that. So Holy Father just reminding us that, you know, when you use a worldly measure to evaluate and judge, you're not being very Christian. And then he invited those present this morning at his Mass, as well as we hear, as I share these words with you, um, to live our lives with compassion and mercy and to ask the Lord for the grace to live in a Christian way, never forgetting the cross of humbleness because this is the path that Jesus has chosen to save us. We look at where we are. You know, do you ever think, like, why you were born when you were born? By the way, today is my baptismal uh, anniversary. Because on this day, <laughs> oh, my, in the last century, in the middle of the last century, 1955 on this day, uh, I was baptized. And uh, pretty neat, though, because we have old movies of not the actual baptism, because I guess they didn't want the cameras in there, but of my, my father and godparents taking me to the church, all bundled up. It was a cold January day. So I always like the thing, I, I didn't get a chance this year. Some years I've gone up to the to the parish where I was baptized, St. Joseph's in Bogota, and, and actually gone into the church, the baptismal font, which is the same font that was used when I was baptized. I didn't get a chance to do that today, obviously. I wanted to be with you today. Um. But did you ever stop to think why we were born at the time we were born, in the place we were born, and why? You know, every one of us is given a mission. And God, in, in, in his great wisdom, allows us to be here now in this part of, of salvation history for whatever reason or purpose his he knows, obviously, and we know that we have certain missions to accomplish in this world according to God's will and a purpose and a reason. And we're called to live as Jesus taught us to live, not in worldly ways. Nothing wrong with having you know, things and being comfortable if that's how God has blessed you. I mean, my goodness. But, you know, we saw last weekend how someone very, very famous and very wealthy um, who in an instant was asked to leave this world and 
go home to God. And, and, and Kobe Bryant didn't know the day that he was going to Mass with his 13-year-old daughter and receiving communion, Holy Communion, that that would be his last worldly communion. We don't know. But at that moment, and at, we, we're all going to face it in our own particular judgment, we will ask to be given account on how we lived our lives. And this is the point of today's gospel. You know, if we're living our life uh, judging and, and um, being uncharitable and gossiping and, and being without mercy or pity or compassion, we know that that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught us to be charitable, to be merciful, to be compassionate. And as Holy Father asked us to do yesterday, to, to begin to read and, and learn and memorize the Beatitudes, because that's the Beatitudes, as he said yesterday, bring us to true joy. If we can live this life in that, in that joy, our whole demeanor changes. We become more Christ-like, you know, as we're called to be. We become more charitable. We become more loving. We become more merciful, forgiving. Instead of harboring and holding grudges and anger and, and angst and judging and pointing fingers, and, and that's not the work of God. The work of God is to unify his body and to be one as we're all called to be. And we're going to go to the catechism after the break and continue that teaching on the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And as I said, for me personally, this year and last year as well, but this year I'm really just feeling called. And again, I, in, in, in uh, praying with my spiritual director about direction and, and vision, we have to be unified. We're all on the same team, you know? We're all, as Catholics, we're all members of the same team, working for the same goal. So let's take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Come to Me. America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, 
we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. The good news is that as we struggle and God pours grace into us and we correspond and we rise and we fall, rise and fall, God in his infinite mercy loves us, keeps us going, gives us strength and courage and joy, joy. Be joyful. Go on, smile. It won't hurt you, even if you got a problem. Even if you got a problem, smile at your neighbor. I want you to remember a little sentence, and the sentence is this. You may be the only Jesus your neighbor will ever see. I want you to know your dignity. I want you to know how great you are before God. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Ewing to Union Beach. Sargentville to Spring Lake. Perkesee to Point Pleasant Beach. Heightstown to Humeville. Eatontown to Englishtown. Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Alrighty, welcome back. We're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. In just a moment, uh, the section on One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, where it teaches about unity. Uh, I also, before we get to that, though, want to share with you a little bit of information. Let's see, this coming Sunday, get the right one up here, is the Super Bowl. See, I'm not a big football fan. I'm I, Like this time of year, it's like two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. That's that's. That's what my focus is as we enter into the month of February. Uh, but I know it's the Super Bowl, big day for a lot of people, and uh, big day over in uh, Fairhaven because the Knights of Columbus, Council Number 3187, 
they're having a Super Bowl, S-O-U-P-E-R, Bowl, um, Super Bowl of Caring and uh, collecting food donations to help those in need in the community. February 2nd, which is uh, Sunday, uh, the hall doors will, oh, by the way, it's going to be at, um, let me see, 200 Fairhaven Road. That's the Knights of Columbus Hall. 200 Fairhaven Road in Fairhaven, uh, New Jersey. And the doors will open at uh, 1.30, and they'll be accepting donations um, and at, uh, I guess, open at 1.30 to accept donations. And again at 5.30 for the big game, I guess. They're, maybe they have the... the uh, anyways, 200 Fairhaven Road. <laughs> bring your bring your non-perishable foods uh, for basic needs, and it's to help the local food banks there in Monmouth County. So uh, fr- there's free entry, cash bar, food available for purchase. So I guess they're going to have the Super Bowl, S-O-U-P-E-R, Bowl of Care from 1.30 on to 5.30, and then the big game. So, uh, But for information, they give you a... a, a a um, email here. If you're interested in you're in that area, it's info at K of C three one eight seven. That's this council number. K uh, info at K of C three one eight seven dot com. That's uh, this coming Sunday Super Bowl S O U P R Bowl in Fairhaven at the Knights of Columbus Hall. Uh, also this weekend, I thought this uh, certainly is something that we don't hear a lot about, but I'm happy they're doing it. Um, at let's see here Saint uh, let's see Saint Ambrose in Oldbridge first Friday first Saturday all night vigil coming up this weekend um, and Saint Ambrose in Oldbridge is at ninety six Throckmorton Lane and let's see there's going to be uh, mm-hmm. oh they just there's another link to go to. Uh, you should fill out the form, dear friends, because I can't go to another link from here. Anyway, um, go to our go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the bulletin board link and click on January 31st, and uh, you can follow the links there. The, all the information is not on here except for their address. Uh, okay. Anyway, so, and I got to tell you, I can't announce everything, obviously, but if you have an event you want you want to submit, Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the bulletin board link. Uh, fill out the event form. Submit it. We'll post it. Uh, and I can't, as I said, I can't announce all of them, but we'll certainly be posting them. Um, I know people. sometimes people send me flyers and things to read. I, I can't do that. I, I go right to our bulletin board and read off our bulletin boards. I'll read what you put on the bulletin board. Happy to do that. Uh, okay, let's do this. Let's go to the catechism. And we're going to pick it up where we left off last week. Uh, this is the section in the Catechism on One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. And this is from paragraph 816, where the Catechism says, The sole Church of Christ, S-O-L-E, the sole Church of Christ is that which our Savior, after his resurrection, entrusted to Peter's pastoral care, commissioning him and the other apostles to extend and rule it. The Church constituted and organized as a, as a society in the present world, subsists in the Catholic Church, which is governed by the successor of Peter and by the bishops in communion with him. Now, this is all being taken from the document we read yesterday from the Second Vatican Council on Ecumenism. And here's a quote from that 
document again, for it is through Christ's Catholic Church alone, which is the universal help toward salvation, that the fullness of the means of salvation can be obtained. It was to the apostolic college alone, of which Peter is the head, that we believe that our Lord entrusted all the blessings of the new covenant in order to establish on earth the one body of Christ into which all those should be fully incorporated who belong in any way to the people of God. We know, obviously, our Lord intended to have, uh, intended there to be a structure, a hierarchical structure of the church, and making Peter the head and his successors and those bishops who are in union with him to be the magisterium, the teaching authority of the church, divinely inspired. And this is why, you know, we always say, what does the church say? We can have our own interpretation about things, especially when it comes to Scripture. Or, and But what does the church teach? Because the church is, is the institution of Christ, and he has given the authority to Peter and his successors and the apostles and their successors, the bishops. Paragraph 817 says, In fact, in this one and only church of God, from its very beginning— there arose certain rifts, which the apostle strongly censors as damnable. But in subsequent centuries and more serious dissensions appeared and large communities became separated from full communion with the Catholic Church, for which often enough men of both sides were to blame, the ruptures that wound the unity of Christ's body, here we must distinguish heresy, apostasy, and schism, do not occur without human sin." Where there are sins, there are also divisions, schisms, heresies, and disputes. Where there is virtue, however, there are also harmony and unity from which arise the one heart and soul of all believers. And again, you know, we, we look around and let's just go outside of our church for a moment and look at the state of, of society and how divided are we? And how many factions? You know, it used to be, and I'm not talking uh, regarding the the church. Let's just as I said, let's just look at society first. And it used to be that you could disagree with individuals, friends, family members, relatives, and it would never get to the point of being so extreme that it would fracture relationships and families. Yeah, it did occasionally, you know, they, they, the old adage, you know, don't, you know, when you're with your family, don't talk about religion or politics because that, that can be very divisive if you let it. But there's also an understanding that you have for someone and for someone else's beliefs, someone else's understanding. Um, but there was a tolerance that we had. You know, I, I remember growing up and, and, uh, on my block and, and our little, you know, I guess you don't really see it that much anymore, but I know when I was growing up, we were like the little rascals. You know, there was always a group of kids outside playing and you were always doing things and you'd be finding yourself getting into mischief. And it was a, a diverse crowd. It was, <laughs> you know, there, there were those of us who were Catholic and went to the Catholic schools, but we also had friends who were not Catholic, who were Protestants. We had friends who were Jewish. Um, and, and, you know, we all got along. You know, of different faiths, but we all got along. There was no, uh, and we talk about each, we talk about our faith with each other. I remember just having discussions, you know, when 
when when when my, my Jewish friend was making his bar mitzvah or we were making our confirmation, we were comparing, you know, and there was no no uh, uh, animosity toward anyone. But today, you see, you know, there's just so much division and so much, and 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 you know, you can't. People are afraid to even say anything anymore for fear of offending somebody, just by expressing your belief. You know, my mom and dad used to tell me when they were growing up, my, my, my mom grew up in the Bronx, my father grew up in, in Hoboken, uh, and, and when they, they both went to public schools, and he said they would both say, and this is the you know, 1930s, early 1940s, that in public school, they would begin the day by praying the Our Father in public school. Imagine that, that they would pray the Our Father. And when my mother went to school in the Bronx, there was a very large Jewish population there in the in the area that also attended that public school. So things have just changed for you know. And then we see it now seeping into the church. And I think part of the problem with the division in our church today is there's so much media, so much social media. And depending on your sources of information, it will tend to sway your uh, thought and opinion. If all you do is go to one particular or two particular sources, I can think of two in particular, but I don't even go to because they're very uh, negative uh, regarding many things in the church. Um, But that's not what we're called to be. And listen to this one uh, um, quote here from the Catechism. Where there are sins, there are also divisions, schisms, heresies, and disputes. Where there is virtue, however, there are also harmony and unity from which arise the one heart and one soul of all believers. And paragraph 818 says, however, one cannot change, I'm sorry, one cannot charge with the sin of the separation those who are present are born into these communities that resulted from such separation and in them are brought up in the faith of Christ and, and the Catholic Church accepts them with respect and affection as brothers. All who have been justified by faith and baptism are incorporated into Christ. They therefore have a right to be called Christians and with good reason are accepted as brothers in the Lord by the children of the Catholic Church. You know, there are those individuals, that, as this paragraph 818 says, that you, you can't charge with the sin of separation those who are, uh, who are born into these um, communities that resulted from the separation, the denomination, and in, uh, uh, them uh, brought in the faith. Of, they, they learn about Jesus. You know, our Protestant brothers and sisters, we have so much more in common than not. There are differences of belief, but most of what we believe as both Catholics and Protestants are the same thing. And then paragraph 819 says, Furthermore, many elements of sanctification and of truth are found outside the visible confines of the Catholic Church. The written word of God, the life of grace, faith, hope, and charity, with all the other interior gifts of the Holy Spirit, as well as visible elements. Christ's Spirit uses these churches and ecclesial communities as means of salvation, whose power derives from the fullness of grace and the truth that Christ has entrusted to the Catholic Church. All these blessings come from Christ and lead to him and are in themselves called to Catholic unity. Uh, I don't know what it was like, you know, uh, 60, 70, 80 years ago, 
But I know when I was growing up and being taught the faith, I don't remember ever hearing a, a preacher or I should say a priest in his, in his preaching or in my schooling. I went to all Catholic schools. By the way, happy Catholic Schools Week to everybody. <laughs> I forgot to mention that earlier this week, but I'm a product of 16 years of Catholic education, so I'm say go ahead, get those children educated in the faith um, and support your Catholic schools. Uh, but I don't remember any of my teachers, nuns, or otherwise uh, um, bad-mouthing the Protestants. <laughs> but I, I do know that that we hear some some Protestants, former Protestants, who will say that they they when they were be, when they were growing up, they were taught to think that the church, the Catholic Church, was the whore of Babylon, <laughs> and all Catholics are going to hell. Um, is it an interesting on, on Good Friday when we have our intercessions? We pray for our non. Catholic brothers and sisters. We pray for our non-Christian brothers and sisters. We pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters. All hoping to one day be unified. And in paragraph 820, our catechism teaches, Christ bestowed unity on his church from the beginning. This unity, we believe, subsists in the Catholic church as something she can never lose. And we hope that it will continue to increase until the end of time. Christ always gives his church the gift of unity. But the church must always pray and work to maintain, reinforce, and perfect the unity that Christ wills for her. And that, for me, my friends, you know, I, I, I don't, please don't get tired of hearing me say that this year because it's so important, I think, for us as Catholics to do exactly that. Now, Christ gives us and has given us in the church the gift of unity. It's up to us to pray, to work, to maintain, to reinforce, perfect this unity. And this is why Jesus himself prayed at the hour of his passion and does not cease praying to also be one in us so that the world may know that you have sent me. That's a quote from, his, uh, from John 17. The desire to recover the unity of all Christians is a gift of Christ and a call to the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, you think about our responsibility as missionaries, as evangelists. Every single one of us who is baptized, we are called to be missionary. We are called to be evangelists. And whatever state of life we're in, and whatever opportunities we have to do so. I, again, am reflecting this year in a special way, I suppose, uh, on how the Lord led me into the vocation that I'm in, how it began so many years ago, this being my 25th year of doing Catholic radio in the area. It's hard to believe. You know, I can think back to the early, 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 early days when I was still working in my corporate position, and the transition took about a couple took a couple of years. But the Lord was leading me gently, and giving me understanding and wisdom in into where He wanted me to be. And I, I remember, you know, buying time on that uh, station down in Camden. And I remember sitting in a little room in my house after the kids went to sleep and recording on cassette tape this program, basically. 
recording it onto cassette tape and, and sending it down to the radio station and having it played the next day or two days later at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and, and uh, knowing that in my heart this, that the Lord was leading me and, and that he, he put into my heart a, a desire, a strong desire to do more of it and to make it even more widespread. And again, I, I still am in awe of what God is doing, has done and is doing and hopefully and prayerfully will continue to do with this apostolate. Again, not for my sake or but everything we do is to give glory to God. You know, I was reading today in, in, uh, in morning prayer, there was a passage from the first letter of Peter about the, the manifold gifts that we are given by God. It's used to give glory to him. And if we can all come together to, to be unified disciples, First of all, we'd love to see every Christian church, every Christian denomination return to the fullness of faith in the Catholic Church. Remember, the Catholic Church is not a Christian denomination because the Catholic Church did not denominate from anything. But all the other Christian churches, we can honestly say are denominations because they denominated at one point or another from the Catholic Church. And again, most of, most of them have, you know, so much in common with us in our beliefs, but there are elements of their tradition that is different from ours. They changed for one reason or another. But wouldn't it be wonderful if in echoing the prayer of our Lord the night before he died. And you can go to John 17 and, and, and read it. He prayed that all may be one. And we pray one day that that happens. And you may say, how is that ever going to happen after all this time? Hey, listen, God can do anything. But first, I think in these days, we have to get back to unifying our own church because there is so much division. I don't know that there's as much now as there was maybe two or three years ago. Maybe I'm not, not allowing myself to get in the middle of it anymore. Uh, but we really need to refocus here as a church and just get back to being a unified body and being the type of church as... Today's gospel talked about, you know, to be this, this light that's, that, that's not hidden under a bushel or under the bed, but put on a lampstand for all to see. The beauty of all that we have and the fullness of all truth and the fullness of our faith in our Catholic Church. Why do you think out of all the, the, the faith traditions in the world, the Catholic Church is the one that is under the most horrific attack <laughs> all the time, and it has been for 2,000 years? Because the enemy knows that we have the fullness of faith here. Why do you think the priesthood is under attack? Because without our priests, we don't have the sacraments. Why do you think the family is under attack? The family being redefined by a, by a, a pagan-minded society. Why do you think people of goodwill who are 
trying to reinforce and create a, a culture of life under such horrible attack. The father of division, that's who is behind all of that. The father of lies, a liar from the beginning, as Jesus called him. And so when we go to particular social media sites, you know, and if you go to a social media site that is making statements about our church or individuals in the church, and they say a reliable unnamed Vatican source says blah, 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 leave that site. (laughs) And these unnamed reliable Vatican sources, don't, don't take them to heart. They're cowards if they are real people at all. Got to be very careful because the devil is very wily and he's the father of deceit. He will do all that he can to deceive us, to lead us astray. We, my brothers and sisters, are called to be unified. Jesus founded one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And he calls us to be one as he and the Father are one. That was his, that was his prayer before, uh, the night before he died. Father, I pray that they all become one as you and I are one. And we can say yes, we want all of our Christian brothers and sisters to come into the fold, to be part of this wonderful church. But let's start unifying our homes first, the home that is our church, the Catholic Church. Oh, let's see. Tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday. Cheryl and I will be here at 4 o'clock, so join us then. We have uh, Emily Italia with her family segment around the family table and also um, a gentleman from St. Rose, Belmar. going to talk about the Cornerstone program. Uh, Jim will be here with the weather, I believe. Uh, we have music, talk. You can play our game show. So see you then. Until then, have a great rest, holy, uh, blessed rest of your night. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you. <laughs>